time for that sports show not just any sports show not this sports show but that sports show i'm your host jeremy the impact york this is impact media's weekly dive into the world of uh pretty much all sports especially with uh, atlanta ties some national stuff as well definitely appreciate you guys tuning in this week got a few things we wanted to get into, some things that have happened. I was kind of waiting on a couple things to develop. That's, that's kind of why we're doing this late in the week as we have. But uh, uh, some things we're going to get into a little later. But before we do, I want to tell you guys that if you want to contact the show, leave a question, comment, suggestion, rating, review, any of those things that you are available or want to do, you can do so the following ways. You can email us at 3endzone at gmail.com. And as some of you found out, I am the one who replies to practically every one of those. We reply to all of them. But I'm the one who replies to most of them. You can search for us on Facebook, That Sports Show, Impact Media, Jeremy York. You can, uh, if you're one of those people who likes to just click on a link and listen to a show, you can do so by... You can do so by uh, going to Twitter, going to at Team Impact Media, and uh, just click on the whichever show you'd like to listen to. There is no cap. You can listen to them as many times as you want. And if you would like to follow myself for show links, things with the show, things away from the show, just fun things, fun ventures we get into, things like that, anything I, I deem fit, replying to you guys as well. And you can do so by going to, or by following me at the Impact Ninety Nine on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And of course, you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, the iTunes Store, any of those places. And if there's a place you regularly get a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know. We will make sure that that is not the case next time. As I said, there's a lot of stuff to get into. Um, we obviously have some NFL stuff to talk about. We're going to talk a little Falcons. We'll tell you how they're going to win this week because they are going to win this week. Sorry, Pittsburgh fans. Two different teams, two different directions. Uh, there's some Hawks. We'll talk to NWSL. Two different things on the NWSL, by the way, uh, including some great work by a friend of the show and a good friend of mine, Doug Robertson from the AJC. We will talk about that when we get to it. But first... As I said, let's talk a little World Cup. Since we last convened, which is just fancy word, last time we were, last time you would listen to the show, uh, the U.S. had a big matchup coming up with England. Well, how did that go? Good. I, I give it a three and a half out of five. Three and a half out of five. Uh, you get not and not. You got a draw, and that draw did help you. It helped you a lot, actually. But also what it did was 
uh, you, you outplayed England that day. We're not sure what kind of England team this is. We're, we're pretty sure they're in probably the upper third of teams. That, uh, I mean, I mean, you got to consider them one of the top four favorites. Potentially to win this. I mean, I do, but then again, they're, they're one of my favorite teams. Um, also, like I said, you, you outplayed England. You had way more opportunities. You were way more aggressive. You were controlling when, when they tried to take control. You seemed to always be ahead, and uh, you, you did, you know, you didn't lose. Uh, but you could have won. But also, it put you behind the eight ball. It made it to where you needed to beat Iran. I, I heard you, Mr. Reporter. I, I have been saying it wrong as well. I will work on that. Iran. And you had to beat them on Tuesday in order to advance. Even have to even be in contention. Um, now there was a chance you could have won the group, but, uh, Wales would have had to go just insane out of their minds bonkers and they did not. But what you did do is you did beat Iran one to nothing. Christian Pulisic putting it all on the line. He now has a pelvic. Contusion. I don't. He hurt his pelvis, guys. That he, he hurt his pelvis. It uh, was not, not as boys, as uh, he said. He didn't say boys. He he said balls. So I guess we'll say that on the show too. It was. He did not take. Um, he did not take a ball to the balls. He did not take a. Uh, he, he. I mean, as he scored the goal, him and the goalie collided. Him and the goalkeeper collided for Iran, and. Uh, he, he played till the half was subbed off, but he says he's playing tomorrow, which is their next matchup. They did advance. I just want to throw that out there, too. But there were some... There were some, some really good things. Um, I'm a big Walker Zimmerman fan. He didn't start. Um, they said... Uh, they tried to put this... They tried to put this team together... I tried to put this team together in a way that could combat what Iran was going to try to do. So they had Sargent out front. They had a uh, boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you say Weya on the right. Pulisic was on the left. And they ended up, uh, let's see, you had McKinney, Adams, Musa in the middle. And uh, Des Carter-Vickers, who started over Zimmerman, uh, Ream, and Robinson with those. They did eventually bring in Acosta, Shaq Moore. Uh, Brendan Aronson, Aronson ended up coming in for Pulisic, and, and he was okay. He was okay. He wasn't great. Uh, you kind of lost a little bit of pizzazz in that. And it's just that Christian was was on such a, uh, a high note. Uh, and then Walker Zimmerman did come in for, for Wea later on when you put five in the back to solidified and, and that's the right tactic let me just say greg burhalter made the absolute 100 percent right choice in putting five in the back and basically parking the bus when you're up one to nothing with about seven minutes to go in actual time or in game time and knowing that there's probably going to be eight or ten minutes in stoppage time so knowing there's 20 minutes left you're up one 
you can either go for the second goal or you can try to, to park it and and not give up the tying goal. Now I give it to Iran. Iran, they're late. Had some chances. They had some big chances. They were right. Um, I mean, they they were trying to get calls. They were they were flopping a little bit, but both teams were. It's just part of the game. Part of the game. If we can give NBA people credit for doing it, like LeBron, then we can give soccer credit for. So, you know, sometimes you get a call. A couple times it worked. Um, but in the end, all the in the end, all of the. All the effort of Iran just was not enough. U.S. picks up the big victory there. They advance to the round of 16 as the number two seed. England got number one because they took care of Wales 3-0. Uh, and it, I don't know what happened to the Dragons. The, the Dragons of Wales uh, just ran out of firepower. That's a good way to put it. But this setup, we're now to the round of 16. So we'll go through the round of 16 real quickly. Um, we're actually going to start off tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. I thought it was at 9. That's good. I may get some sleep, maybe. Uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow on Fox, we're going to get the Netherlands and the United States. That is a big matchup. Now, later in the day at 2, we're going to get Argentina and Australia. That's going to be fun. We'll talk about uh, Sunday's matchup in a minute and some of the other bigger matchups. But, you know, for tomorrow... Um, Australia's a good team. The safe bet is that Argentina is is one of the favorites, so a lot of people will probably go for them. But a lot of people say, gosh, if you're the U.S., you could have took on Senegal if you could have won the the group. And uh, you know, Senegal does not have uh, Mane, who is their big player. So they're easier. I don't, I don't know. This, this Netherlands team, by the way, as good as they are, the U.S. could be a matchup problem for them. They've got to figure out whether it's Pulisic or, or Pulisic's good to be um, one of the wings up top, but you need that number nine, otherwise known as your striker score. You need that guy to be lights out or run around like his hair's on fire. And they haven't been able to quite figure out whether that needs to be Wea whether that needs to be Sargent. They, they've kind of went through a handful of people trying to figure it out. You've got to figure it out. And, you know, that's part of why you guys are having trouble scoring. Because they, the Netherlands, they have some people over there that they, they got some, they got some monsters. They, are going to bring some firepower. But like I said, I see that there is a path to victory, a couple paths to victory for the U.S. I will be cheering the U.S. on from right here at the studio. Hopefully you guys will as well. Like I said, Fox at 10 a.m. tomorrow. That should be fun. Um, I, I'd, I'll i be honest. I've got it about 55-45, maybe 60-40. I think the U.S. can get this victory. And I think they will. And it's going to be an upset. But it shouldn't be that big of an upset. These teams are a lot closer than you think. But the Netherlands is one of the favorites. Argentina's a favorite. I would say England. France is the top favorite. Um, Brazil. Probably Spain. 
those are probably the main ones. Uh, other round of 16 on Sunday, you will see the 10 a.m. game is France versus Poland. I'll be honest, France is a big favorite, but uh, got some ties to Poland through my in-laws, so I will probably be... Some people here at the studio are big France fans because of family heritage. Uh, I'll probably go Poland. They're probably not going to win, but I'll go Poland to be a fun upset. And then the 2 o'clock game... These are both on FS1 on Sunday, are England and Senegal. I really hope the English can put it together. I'm a big England fan, family heritage as well. Uh, would love to see them advance, but Senegal is quite the good team. Monday's matchups, the 10 a.m., these are both on Fox, is Japan versus Croatia, two teams that stunned. They were supposed to be the number three teams, and they stunned and come out of the division. Fantastic that they did that, by the way. And then Brazil, South Korea. South Korea is another one that uh, snuck up and stole the two spot. And they're they're a good enough team. They're one, I think on one bracket I filled out, I had them. And on another bracket, I had them in third. So I, I just, they were one of those coin flip teams. And I'm glad it come up heads for them. But uh, Brazil, South Korea, that's on those are on Monday. And then Tuesday, to round out the last two matchups, both of these on Fox, the 10 a.m. is Morocco versus Spain. Spain may be the heavy favorite, but Morocco, they have three wins and two draws in their last five matchups, where Spain has three wins, a draw, and a loss. We'll see what those Moroccans have, have for the Spaniards. It's going to be, that's a fan, that's going to be a fantastic matchup. If you are not doing anything at 10 a.m. Uh, or want to shut your social media down until you can watch it off a of DVR, 10 a.m. on Fox for Tuesday. And then the last matchup, you will see Cristiano Ronaldo. And Portugal taking on Switzerland. That is a 2 p.m. game on Fox there. Portugal is the favorite, but do not discount do not discount the, the Swiss. The Swiss could very much win that game. Uh, and then quarterfinals are not until next Friday and Saturday. They, they luckily start spacing these out after this. But um, World Cup's been fantastic, guys. It's been really, really fun. And um, there's going to be a lot of soccer talk on, on this one. It's, I'm not going to stack it all to get. Uh, well, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll start with one here. Um, for people who don't know, I am a Portland Thorns fan in the NWSL. For one, Atlanta does not have a team. That is something we're, we're working on that discussion. There is going to be a podcast at some point or a show, some sort of audio, something could be video even. I don't know. I'm lining up some some guests and some information. I don't know who all here will be involved in it yet. We are still in talks with the people here to see who is available and who wants to be a part of it. But we are very much going to present the case and make the debate as to if Atlanta should have a NWSL team, which is the women's division, by the way. That is the women's pro division. So we're going to talk about that. But I'm a big Portland Thorns fan. They recently won the championship. We talked about it here on the show. Still, congratulations to those amazing women. Uh, but the story behind them right now is that the Portland Thorns are for sale. I'll be honest. If I had the money, I, I would consider it. Um, I have family in Portland. Wouldn't be a problem getting up there and things like that. But um, the Portland Thorns are a great, great organization. The reason they are for sale is that their owner is part of the, 
don't know what do you call it, investigation or the the case of of a lot. Uh, let me get the exact thing here. Um, it was oh the abuse scandal that that happened, and the owner of the Thorns was one of the people mentioned in the um, in the findings. So they are going to sell the team, which I think is probably in this scenario, probably the right thing. I think that's the right thing to do. And despite all this, these amazing women, these, these uh, superheroes that they are, uh, stood tall and captured the championship. Um, but they're up for sale. I, I don't know who would potentially be after them at the moment because this just happened earlier today. But we will stay. We will stay on top of. We will stay. Basically, as this as this story develops, we're going to do our best to try to put out there who could buy them, who is going to potentially buy them, and just the progress of the Portland Thorns because, like I said, they uh, are a fantastic team. A really good organization outside of uh, the people that are named in this case that will be gone soon. And I look forward to the things these amazing women are going to do. And they have the support of us here at Impact Media, and they have the support of of many people across the world. And uh, whether they're your favorite team or not, you guys should support the NWSL. It is a great league, and it gives a professional level here in the United States for women to continue to play the great game of soccer. So, uh, like I said, I haven't heard anything. It just happened this morning. But as soon as we start finding out who could line up as potential suitors, potential bidders for Thorns, we'll be talking about it right here on the show. Uh, let's take a break real quick. When we come back, I'll uh, start it up with some United talk, and then we'll finish with a little Hawks and a little Falcons in NFL. But we'll be right back after these messages from our friends at BetOnline.net. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fix. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back here on That Sports Show. Appreciate you guys... Uh, tuning in. Front part of the show, we talked some World Cup. We talked uh, a little Portland Thorns. As I said, uh, coming off that championship year, they will be for sale very soon. Go check that out if you want to listen a little more about that. Uh, make sure to go visit our friends at betonline.net. They've got the articles. They've got the podcast. They've got the betting lines, the wagering lines. Whether you bet on sports, whether you don't, whether you can or can't, you can go and be a better fan for um, all the amazing information they have on the site. The site is super easy to use. I was just on it uh, earlier today checking out some, uh, a recent article. And uh, definitely go check them out and let them know that Impact Media sent you. We enjoy, they enjoy hearing that, and we enjoy hearing it from them that you told them that. Uh, except for the break, I want to start off with some Atlanta United news. We'll keep it soccer. Keep it football. I'm going to start calling it football. So hopefully 
hopefully it won't be too confusing that uh, I will refer to college football, I will refer to NFL, and I will refer to football as, as soccer. And I'm going to probably occasionally mess it up. But it happens. It's just something I'm going to try to do. Um, good friend of the show. Good friend of mine as well. Or I at least consider him one. I'm sure he considers me one as well. Uh, Doug Robertson from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Recently got a chance to sit down for a couple minutes. And um, with the new CEO... Garth Lagerway from Atlanta United, and uh, you can go uh, list, uh, Atlanta United News now on Facebook. Uh, Doug's also on. Let's see Instagram. You can search for him, and you can. Uh, he's also on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, I believe. I feel bad, Doug, that I did not write down your exact stuff, but um, I will try to find some links and post them as well. But uh, he had a really good sit-down. Uh, it was part of his Southern Pride Soccer podcast series that he is spectacular at. He is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, beat writer for Atlanta United. He has been since day zero. And uh, he is, first off, one of the only full-time beat writers in the MLS, and he is exceptional at what he does. So go check it out. But during this chat, uh, some just some things I wrote down from here um, is Garth Lagerway played, first off, I didn't know this, he played a handful of years in the league, played for multiple teams. Like he said, it, it kept uh, he kept having to go from team to team because teams were starting to figure out that he wasn't good enough to, to, uh, to play on their team, so he would go uh, he would go join another team, and he played for five years, I believe, in MLS, which is spectacular. But he said he gets asked questions all the time, and Doug asked him, you know, about the the player side or the business side of of Atlanta United and what his plans were. And he said, "Well, I am the CEO, not saying that I won't listen and have conversations about and help with." the player side of things, but I'm really here for the business side of things. I want to make everyone better. And he, con he consistently named head coaches and uh, uh, Negra and, and, um, and uh, other people in the organization said, I'm here to make everybody the best they can be. And he's really more on the business side of things. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's good. That's that's you know kind of what Georgia Tech just did here recently with Jay Bat. He is um, a great fundraiser, which will help uh, get things going for Georgia Tech and their football program, their athletics, and things like that. That's what they need right now. They can put the other things in place to get the other parts going, and that's that's really what Garth seems like he was wanting to do here. Is he's like, yeah, I'm gonna. There's nothing wrong with the books. I'm just going to make them better. I'm going to get better programs going. I'm going to improve the ones we have here. Um, if that involves personnel, then it, you know, the, the player side of things, it does. If that involves um, replacing people or putting them in other situations or enhancing what they do. And that's what he's here to do. And he does join us from the Seattle Sounders. So he does know uh, Pineda, which is a good thing. And also... Doug brought up 
the NWSL. And here was basically what Garth said. Because he said, in the preliminary talks and in the interview to take over as CEO, that the subject did come up. It was not uh, a main topic, but it was a, it was a topic. And it's something that that United has has basically been looking into for a while. There's still a lot of things to figure out about it. But he said um, it is not at the forefront of things that they're working on, but that does not mean that it, it could not be in the very near future. So it's at least on their mind. Which is, you know, about as good as I think we can get right now. I think it was a good answer. It was one of those that, uh, you know, we have basically it sounded like we haven't talked about it very much, but we have mentioned it. Okay, what's well, on the table then? You know, right now it is the, you know, right now it is the macaroni and cheese of this Thanksgiving table. It's not the turkey. It's not the dressing. You know, it's it's maybe not even that bottle of wine your cousin brought, but it's on the table. And people are going to start digging in soon. And like I said, we're going to do a special pod, special, some sort of audio, video, something um, here about what NWSL in Atlanta could look like or if it's e even worth it at this point. We're going to have both sides of it. But uh, it was a good talk. It was, it's, gosh, she only talks to him for about 10 minutes or so. Go check it out. Southern Pride Soccer, Atlanta United. News now on Facebook, uh, Doug Robertson. You can search for him on all social medias. Probably find links to it. Uh, he does a spectacular job. Looking at getting him on the show here pretty soon to talk some United and other things. But uh, go check that out. Like I said, uh, Garth Lagerway had some good things to say. There are some nuggets in there. They they didn't get too deep into things yet, but I feel like the next few talks they're going to. Um, let's talk a little Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, uh, you know, they're they're currently smashing the Nuggets. Um, if you're if you're listening to this, it is at halftime, sixty to forty six, which is spectacular. Uh, they've kind of been up and down a little bit. Kind of been up and down a little bit. Um, Nothing but Nest is a great podcast. If you are a big Hawks fan, listen to good friend of the show and good friend of mine, Caleb Johnson, uh, along with. Caleb and Deshaun uh, Tate, uh, who, first off, Caleb is a fantastic Atlanta media guy, a uh, real young guy, too, super fantastic. I've known him for a good handful of years. And Deshaun Tate brings this NBA knowledge. Like, Caleb's not afraid to ask the hard questions, and Deshaun Tate's not afraid to bring up the touchy subjects. And uh, they they have a really good rapport between those. Definitely go check that out. Um you know, kind of some of the things they, they brought up. It's been an up and down team here recently. I mean, if you go if you go as far back as uh, right before Thanksgiving break, you know, they lose to the Cavs by what twelve. Then they blow uh, they blow the Kings out by nine. Uh, last Friday they lose a close one to the Rockets. Ah, Rockets are a team you need to beat. I know you, you're not getting bench production like you'd like to. You got some people getting dinged up here and there. That kind of thing happens. But 
the depth of the bench seems to be the main concern. And, um, it, and, and it's not just the depth, it's the overall consistency. Because right now, there's not a lot of consistency. It's like every handful of games, somebody steps up big, and the rest of the time, you're not sure what you're going to get. But uh, to round out their pre their games as well, they they uh, lost by eight to the Heat on Sunday. On Monday, they lost by three to the 76ers. They finally were able to shake that, and they won 125 to 108 on Wednesday to the Magic, which that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to blow out a team like the Magic. Um, they have, uh, they do still have a one-game lead in the Southeast Division, which, for whatever that is, uh, they would be the sixth seed in the East right now. They're actually tied with Philadelphia, but they they uh, lost the tiebreaker to them. They would not have to play a play-in game, which would be nice. They are right at the cutoff, but you know, people have said realistically, where do you see this Hawks team this year? Well, realistically, I would say. I see them as their ceiling is a three seed, and I think that's a very lofty goal. I see them as a four through six seed in the East. Now some things could change, but I think when they're playing on all cylinders, when they have everything going well, I think they are looking at at a four to five range, which is a good place to be uh, in the East. Uh, Boston and Milwaukee are really good. The Cavaliers have, have had a pretty good year so far. But I think this Hawks team can beat those teams in a series if if they match up right and they're playing as good as, as, as we've seen them play a little bit. But, you know, we've seen the addition of Murray has helped. Uh, Trey and his – I mean, the team in general has not been shooting – three pointers very well, but I think that's going to come around. I think they're, they're getting used to all the pieces being where they need to be because before it was just, Hey, Trey, can you score 50? If you can't, we're probably going to lose. Well, now you can rely on these, on other people. Bogey should be coming back soon off the injured reserve. I think he's starting to practice a little bit. This team's coming around and it's, I think we're not far away from seeing what it's going to look like. Uh, uh, well, little machine with it, with every all the Pistons going, not not the the Detroit Pistons, but with every bit of it going. But uh, uh, there had it. Where was it? There it is. Upcoming schedule. Um, on Monday, seven thirty tip off, they will host the Thunder. It's a team you should beat and beat well. Uh, you're going to go to New York. You'll be up at uh, up in New York to take on the Knicks on Wednesday. That's on ESPN, 7.30 tip-off there. You should beat the Knicks as well. Not because you have a better record, but because you're better than the Knicks and you should be able to beat them right now. Uh, Trey really is a villain up there, and he should play that up. Um, and then that'll be the games before we do the next show more than likely so you know lots of stuff coming up lots of things that should do well for the hawks and other than that go hawks let's talk a little nfl real quick we will end with some falcons talk and i'll tell you how they're going to beat pittsburgh this week 
Uh, NFL, there, there's there's a couple stories going around. Uh, one's, one's kind of short. I'm going to dig into the other one a little bit. Um, I, I got to agree with people like Ross Tucker and others that we get it. Russell Wilson is not having a good year. We get it. Uh, enough with the the anti Russ stuff and the making fun of him and the and the doing all the stuff. It's just it, we, we get it, we get it. He's not playing well. He knows he's not playing well. His teammates have told him you're not playing well. Uh, what Russell Wilson is really good at is kind of like Aaron Rodgers. He's good when the play breaks down at improvising and making things happen, which is also pop, possibly why he goes through so many offensive coordinators because they will call a play, and if the play breaks down, he can make the most of it, but that means the original play didn't work. So it makes the offensive coordinator look bad, and it could be partially their fault. I'm not saying it's not because I don't want to dump all on him either. I think he's still a really good player. I think that injury to his, to his finger, I think it was his, it was his thumb, that one to his finger, and uh, along with a few uh, nicks and scrapes he's gotten, I think have caught up to him a little bit. I still think he is a formidable quarterback in this league. Denver sure hopes so with the money they owe him. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, dumping on the guy is not going to make it better. Instead, either just deal with it or maybe encourage him. Maybe he'll play better. Who knows? But we know Russell Wilson's having a bad year. Russell Wilson knows he's having a bad year. We don't. It don't have to be a story every third day because you got nothing better to talk about. I'm, I'm going to put it on the media there, national media. Do better. Do better. You're better than that. Uh, and then lastly, the benching of Zach Wilson. Now, a lot of people said, well, Zach Wilson's 5-2 and two this year. Why are they benching him? Well, because not all wins and losses are because of a quarterback. I would say one of the few things that is holding the Jets back from being possibly a division winner and a deep playoff team, it has been the consistency of Zach Wilson, a quarterback. Now, it's, it's not the whole thing. It's not, oh, all they got to do is get a better quarterback and, and then they'll, they'll win the Super Bowl. No, they, there's still a few things they got to work on. But that's the glaring one. Once again, just like with the Russell Wilson thing, I'm not here to just dump on Zach Wilson. It's not a it's not a Wilson hate segment. But they bench him. They put in Mike White. Mike White has a pretty good day. Let's hold our horses on building statues in in the Meadowlands, the new Meadowlands of Mike White. He had a good debut. Now there's film on him. People had probably thrown away the film from a couple years ago. Now there's film on Mike White. At this point, I do not know if they're going to start Zach Wilson. Maybe they just wanted to give him a break. Maybe he got knocked around. They wanted to give him a break. But I don't know if they're going to start Mike White. I don't know if they're going to start Zach Wilson. But depending on if Zach can can continue to get better and start putting more things together, it would not surprise me if they're in the market either to purchase or draft a, a QB in the offseason, because I don't think the answer is Mike White. I think he's a, he's a good backup, and um, I, I wouldn't look for Flacco or anybody else to, to take over the reins there. Because there's going to be some quarterbacks that are available. I don't think you're going to get Lamar Jackson, so let's pick that out. 
But we'll, we'll see where things go because there's going to be some moving parts this offseason, and the Jets are going to have a really good showing. They could end up in a wild card spot, which is fun. And at least in my lifetime, outside of the Mark Sanchez, Rex Ryan days, uh, and a little bit of Vinny Testaverde way back when, the Jets haven't had a real good run of it. So I would kind of like to see them back on it, and I think that's that's one place they're going to have to work on. And so we'll see what they do. But uh, if, if it were me, if I were Robert Sala, thank goodness I'm not, because this, this is a hard question, probably give you a headache. Um, I would say you go back to Zach Wilson and you let him know we need to see better, more consistent play. And I, I'd give him, you know, two, two to three games unless you really started to fall out of it. If you really started to fall out of it, then, then go to Mike White and just see what happens at that point. Because uh, if you're really starting to fall out of it, then your season's on the brink. But I think you got to trust in Zach Wilson. You you took him for a reason, and we'll see what he does. So moving on real quickly, we will talk a little Steelers-Falcons. That game is at 1 o'clock on CBS on Sunday. The odds have this even, which means on a neutral playing field, the Steelers would be three-point favorites. This game is at Mercedes-Benz. So uh, it is actually an even, completely even, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Yeah, Caesar Sportsbook. Um, four and seven versus five and seven, with the Falcons being the five and seven. Uh, the Steelers are basically competing to try to to try to show that Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season as a head coach for a reason. I mean, they they've got to get on. They've got to win. They've got to win five more games to prove that. We'll see what happens out of that. What five? They've got to win five out of the the next six. Yeah, they got to win five out of the next six to do that. But they, I mean, they're they're trying to compete. They're try, they're in a rebuild. They know that. And uh, the Falcons are a little ahead of scheme on that. You are only a half game, I believe, out of first in your division. So you're still in it. So I stick by that, that you have, not have to, but you stick, you keep Marcus Mariota in there as long as you're still in it. You are half game, yeah, and your bye week's next week, I believe, which is where that will all even out. But you are a half game out of first, and you're a full game better than Carolina and New Orleans. So you're still in it. You have to go with what you know. And what you know is Marcus Mariota, that he's going to throw for about 175 to 180 yards. He's going to throw for one to two touchdowns. He's potentially going to throw an interception. His fumbles have gotten better. He has not done that near as much as he used to. Kyle Pitts is out for the year. He's having surgery. He's going to be out. Not They were still warming them up into him and Drake London into it anyway, but now it's one less distraction at least. So you're going to have to do a few different things on offense. I feel like Drake London probably will get a little bit more attention, either from the defense or from Mariota, but his Falcons team's going to win. 
and it's not because this is a Falcons, you know, Falcons related show because there's been many times I've come on here throughout the years and told you that they're not going to win. Well, they're going to win this one. And here's how they're going to do that. The Steelers. Where is that thing? Um, the Steelers. There it is. The Steelers have been allowing about 24 points a game, which is about what the Falcons score. They tend to, uh, they're, they're real good at stopping the run, which is fine because I know that's something the Falcons want to do, but you're going to use the run to set up the pass. They're giving up over 200 pass yards a game. Now, that would that would mean Mariota is uh, on it a little bit. But once again, I say the same thing as last week. If the run game is not working or you can't get the run going, or even if you can, you can still do short passes over the middle. You can do passes into the flats to get people in space. That's key number one, is get your playmakers in space and get them the ball on offense. However you need to do that. If that means Mariota needs to take off running, fine. Whatever needs to be done, you get them get your playmakers in space on offense. Oh, I had that backwards. The Steelers actually allow close to 280 in the air. Um, the Steelers are going to come out, and they got Kenny Pickett, and they're going to run a little bit. It's not basic. It's a little more than basic type set. And in doing so, they're going to try to pound Najee Harris if they can get it. But he hasn't been having the, the best of years either. Uh, so on defense, you need to pressure Kenny Pickett. He can scramble a little bit, so you got to just make him uneasy. Make him force him into some bad situations. That's key number two. Force Kenny Pickett and Najee Harris into some bad situations. Maybe they put the ball on the turf. Maybe there's some interceptions involved or some tip passes, some things like that, because I think this defensive front for the Falcons has really been coming into its own recently. Uh, and then number three, number key number three to beating the Steelers, the Falcons need to win the turnover battle. It's okay if you turn the ball over a couple times. Just make sure that um, nothing comes of it. If you're going to throw an interception, don't let them return it. You're going to fumble. If you can't recover it, make sure that they don't do much with the, the possession they get from it and force them into bad situations where you can uh, take advantage and, and make them make those mistakes. So win the turnover battle. Force Pickett and Najee Harris into some uh, uncomfortable situations so that you can take advantage of it and get the ball to your playmakers in space and let them take over the game. I think those are easy things. Those are those are that's not like asking them to score 99 points. I, I'm not going to say something like that. But I think if the Falcons do those things, they're going to beat Pittsburgh. I look forward to watching this game. It'll be fun to be on CBS for a change and, and not Fox. I enjoy Fox. I have no problems with either one of them. It's just a nice little change up, which means it will be uh, Pittsburgh heavy. Pittsburgh heavy uh, announcing more than likely. Because uh, they're the AFC team. But either way, should be a lot of fun. 
Uh, Pittsburgh is two and three in their last five, and uh, so are the Falcons. So it'll be interesting to see where these two teams are. I think it'll be a Falcons victory. And that will do it for us on another great edition of That Sports Show. Appreciate all you guys tuning in. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Remember, go United, go Hawks, go Falcons. Go watch football, both football. See you guys next week. Deuces, gooses.